Yeah, you know. Complex. Um, what a way to bring it in with Jacure longing for. This is the Love Complex. I am Dane. This is Danielle. Hello, the Love Complex. Yeah, what a lovely voice you have there, man. No wonder I fell in love with you. Was it the voice that I fell in love with? <laughs> I think it was the voice for me. That's uh, voice for you. Yeah. Um, this is the Love Complex. This is episode one. This is the inaugural episode. So. Um, audience out there that's uh, listening, maybe listening, if you listen and like, um, you know, refer a friend to refer a friend to refer a friend. <laughs> so, Danielle, man, we had the love complex. Uh, this is fresh for us. We begin, we've been together, what, uh, six years, seven years? You corrected me in class saying seven years. Don't switch it up now. All right, seven years. Lucky number. Our favorite number is seven, <laughs> so seven. Um, you know, seven years and we're finally engaged. Um, you know, just tell us a little. Wait, how, much, how long have we been engaged? A couple months. A couple months since Mother's Day. Whatever month, whatever month Mother's Day was, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, she's already counting on her fingers. Um, yeah, no, that's a long time. We've we've been engaged for almost nine months. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Um, why did it take seven years? Um, you know, we got things to do. We're just taking our time. It was organic. That's what we'll say. It was organic. Okay, so we're Whole Foods now. <laughs> I do love Whole Foods. It doesn't love me, though. Don't love my pockets. Uh, you know, um, so for our audience out there, you know, tell them about the love complex. Um, what should they expect? What it's about? You know, you know, and things to look forward to. What happens to Jack Cure? We've been playing that song since we met. Yeah, Jack Cure, um, a sensational reggae artist, one of my personal favorites, um, and personally in my top three. Um, you know, great voice, you know, great music, you know, inspirational music. And it always touched the soul, man, personally for me. So I had to, it was a perfect fit for this first episode to come in with him and, you know, um, acknowledge a great one in the reggae world. Um, you know, that's how it's I feel It's a special voice. It. Yeah, it's synonymous with our relationship because, you know, before I met Danielle, you know, I had a string of um, serial women that I uh, was uh, running through. So, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, 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 what a way to describe it. You can be very descriptive when you want to be. Yeah, it, yeah. It was just a lot of aimless behavior. So, um, you know, then you know, one day I, I just spoke to the universe. You know what I mean? And and the universe spoke back. Spoke back the first time. I, maybe a too soon. Well, maybe that. That message was going for someone else. It kind of tapped me on the shoulder, and you know, it kind of stuck with me. But you know, that was near fatal. But um, yeah, nah. But it came around. The message came around. I spoke to the universe and said, "Hey, man, I'm lonely inside. You know, you know, no matter the abundance of women that I may have encountered or 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 conquered or or whatever, you know. But that was my ill intent. Ill intent." was just, a, you know, it was just cold, aimless, and it was just cold and just sex, and that's all it was. I didn't really care. Um, not that I didn't care about women, but my actions were just, I just wanted to just own their body, and, you know, that was about I it. I mean, we're getting real deep for an intro. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but that's that's more about me. I want to be as transparent um, on this podcast as, as I can be, you know what I mean? I want people to know who, who Dane is. Um, well, y'all gonna have to put me in the microwave and, and put me on five minutes because I'm gonna have to warm up. 
No, no, no. Just, just take your time. You know what I mean? Take your time. Um, you know, I'm in the microwave right now. You can be in the oven. You know what I mean? To take your time. Yeah, there you go. So, um, me, I'm I'm just, you know, full front, you know, front street, full center. Um, yeah, that you know, that's about it. It's a little too much. Yeah, I elaborated too much. I was off on a tangent, but hey, you know, that's Dane. Um, um, but love, man, love hits you. Love will hit you when you least expect it. But if that's what you want, but that's how, if that's what you want, you know, love will hit you. You know what I mean? I don't believe that you could look for love. I don't believe that. I believe that if, if that's something that you have in your heart, because honestly, if you attract, if you put certain things into the universe or if you carry yourself a certain way or you surround yourself with certain people um, in certain environments, you, you know, you will attract certain things. I never, um, I never, I never thought about love like that, where you weren't looking for it, but if you hold it, because I definitely think that I was raised to hold on my heart. And actually, you know, we're getting married, and I think <laughs> my mom was very frustrated with me because she's doing a lot of the planning. And she's like, Danielle, you're not even excited. And it's not that I'm not excited, but I just never... You know, I was never the type of person to, I just can't wait to be married and, oh, I just can't, I want to find my husband. But I've always been loyal to whoever I was dating. And I've always been just, you know, very passionate about the love I have for whoever I'm with. So that just manifested into the next step. But actually, you know, dreaming about it and making a big deal was never my MO. So it was just interesting that it happened that way. But I'm glad it did. <laughs> so why aren't you excited about getting married and you know um it's not that I'm excited see no that you're taking it a little bit out of context my mom's a planner I mean she loves to plan to host to you know just put on a an experience even as children she would give us little experiences in our house so it wasn't about, it's just that she wants me to be more excited about the planning process. And I'm not a planner. Like, I like to get into nitty gritty things. I like to dance. You know, I, my interests are very specific. And I definitely, I can't deal with little details. So she gets frustrated when she's like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Go crazy. <laughs> I love it. She gets frustrated with those things. That's what she means by you don't really care. Interesting. Um, is it overbearing? You know, it's overwhelming. But, um, Do you have anxiety attacks? Planning What's going a wedding on? is one thing. Preparing for marriage is another. Um, each of them are task heavy, but one is a lot more. There's a lot more weight lifting, and that's planning for marriage. I mean, you are preparing to spend your life with someone, and to set goals together and to, you know, to, you know, bring a new together. So having, a, you know, planning for a marriage and preparing, or rather preparing for marriage is a task of its own. Now planning a wedding, that's like planning, that's event planning basically. And um, event planning with emotions and with politics because, well, I guess every event planning probably there's a little politics, but when you have families coming together, when you have who do you need to invite, what kind of things you need to, you know, from the beginning, I wanted a, a small wedding. And my mom was like, my aunts and my mom laughed at me, huh? <laughs> small who? When you have Jamaican families, like, there's no choice. <laughs> You're having everybody there. So just little things like that make um, wedding planning just kind of a nuisance sometimes but I but that's not to say that I don't like the process there are some things I, lo I loved looking at flowers um I love shopping for my dress um the food choice was fun we got to they brought us platters and platters of food so um but also not having Dane here to be like he's worked so much that he's not he can't be at a lot of the planning things so it really is my mom and myself which is fine and Dane will go with whatever and we do ask him some things but planning a wedding is hard I think most people would say that <laughs> so if you can give any young woman out there um that uh, just got engaged which is which is exciting news um shout out to them um what what is some advice would you give them to prepare for some of the onslaught that comes with the the wedding planning? Um, 
Okay, that's a great question. And to anybody who has been recently engaged, congratulations. Um, this is going to be an exciting time for you. Um, a lot of attention's coming your way, so prepare for that, which for me was difficult because I'm somebody who lays low key. So that's the first step is like prepare to, you know, talk to people about your relationship more than you probably ever have. And um, in terms of actually planning a wedding, I would say, Make sure you have a support system of people who you trust, who understand your interests, who understand your tastes, um, and who understand your like what you want. Because you want people who are going to work for you or who are going to work in your interests. So, you know, from an early from an early point I knew that I trusted my mom that she would, you know, she would always consider my interests and she would do her utmost 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 best which she did like you know my mom hit the ground running with she was so excited but she hit the ground running with all the colors and the this and the that and the ideas but that was just what she loves and it was a, a project for her so it was perfect so if you can find somebody like that maybe it's not your mom maybe it's your best friend maybe it's your cousin maybe it's your aunt who my, some of my aunts have also been really helpful or maybe you have to go out and spend a little bit of money and find a planner we do also have a planner who's kind of working alongside of us to help guide us with more technical things and she'll be the day of planner so my mom doesn't have to do any work too much work that day you might want to consider all of those things definitely have somebody who's helping you um and then make sure you know i mean money is a big factor so there's no i would never say like oh go crazy make sure you have a budget and you know how are you financing this um i have no i have no other suggestions in terms of how to finance a wedding um i know i picked up extra work to to um put in for some certain things that I wanted personally from my experience, but you have to, you know, you have to know where your funds are coming from. And finally, I think the other big thing that's been a big benefit for me is what I was saying before. I never had a dream wedding in my mind. So I'm very open-minded about what my wedding is going to be. And I think that suited me well because I'm pretty easygoing when it comes to, um, certain things around like an experience well I'm specific about what my taste and food and I do have a refined sense of style but I think that overall I didn't need a big bells and whistles wedding that some people want and that's good for you you gotta know what you want but I wanted something that was just more warm-hearted and I think my mom's been able to help us get there so just trust yourself trust the people around you and make sure you have a you know some sort of person who's either planning or you have a plan in mind the resources will come. There's plenty of sites and anything to, you know, wedding is big business, so you'll you'll have plenty of resources. That's interesting. That's interesting. Little, um, what do you call it? <laughs> Elaboration there. <laughs> um, no, but um, um, I had something in mind. Like you know, even before all of that, um, it's interesting that she didn't even have a dream wedding, which is kind of odd. It makes me feel some type of way a little bit. But um, nah, not really. But um, why would it make you feel some type of way? No, 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 no. You're you just know, being silly. No, nah, you know, you know, you watch TV all your whole life and see movies and romantic rom coms and movies and happy endings. You're like, oh man, that's that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I want that. But no, nah, I knew you were excited. So before the engagement, um, before you know, you expected it. Um, friends around you, coworkers, peers, and whatnot. Um. How did you feel when they got engaged and how long you've been with your boyfriend? Did you kind of get any kind of like, oh, is is this going to ever happen to me or should I expect it in the near future? <laughs> I think you're going to hate me for saying this, but um, I'm going to start with the engagement in, its, in and of itself. And I'll say that... <laughs> And Dane already, he's going to be mad. He was already mad. But I knew that I was, um, I knew, I, it wasn't a surprise. My engagement wasn't wasn't a surprise to me. Um, because my love, my baby, he can't hold no water. <laughs> and he gets very excited about, you know, the things that he wants to do. So it's like bursting inside of him. And he's dropping like really obvious hints. Um, 
up until literally the day of the day, the actual day that it's going to happen. So there was no doubt in my mind whatsoever of when it was actually going to happen. And on top of that, he's been saying, <laughs> Dana is so enthusiastic about me and our relationship, which is just so, I don't know, there's something so comforting about somebody who just shows you unconditional love from the moment they've almost met you. But literally from the, almost the moment I met Dane, he's been calling me his wife. So it, you know, and most of the time earlier on, it was a joke, but that's not a joke that a lot of guys make. So I always, that always was, um, set value in my mind. And I always trusted that if we needed to take our relationship to the next step that we would. And so I never had a worry in my mind. And like I said, I was never in a rush because our relationship is organic. Like we, we gravitated towards one another. We were long distance and still able to keep up with one another. So I always trusted that we had a true connection and that whatever would and was going to happen would. And I, my intuition was right because here we are. And I didn't have to beg and plead and, you know, wait. I think, I, you know, I was just, I was here with him and that's all I was waiting for. So. Oh, nice, nice. You know, um, I always... I, I, I live outside the box. I, I don't consider myself a part of what you earthlings do. So my interpretation of love is a little different from people, and it should be. I think love varies from person to person. Um, it depends on what you're longing for, um, what you're lacking, or what you need a void to fill. Um, love to me was just somebody that was going to be there nonstop, whether it be for unconditional support, um, harsh criticism, um, you know, uh, feedback, um, working together, building up each other, encouraging. Those were love. That's what love meant to me. Um, you know, conversation, you know, about life, about, you know, personal matters. And sometimes it could be unsettling, uncomfortable, you know, but that's how I was because I don't really talk about much, you know, especially these personal things. I kind of keep it bottled up. Um, you made that Sometimes you make it, you know, that transition a little easier than others, but it's not you. I think it's just a me problem. You know what I mean? So sometimes I don't want you to feel like I don't love you. No, I love you. Of course I love you. But sometimes I just have personal demons that I battle constantly in my mind and every day. Um, you know, so um, I never was a sign person, you know, the horoscopes. But I find it kind of interesting, you know what I mean, with uh, Scorpios and Sagittarius. I do think Sagittarian sign is the more dominant sign. Wait a minute now, Dane. Let the people know that you, I mean, if you couldn't guess by now, <laughs> Dane is a Sagittarius and I am a Scorpio. All right. Well, yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that the Sagittarian and the Scorpio, people think, I always thought that, like, you know, they can't be a can't be a, a, a perfect match, but they are highly, highly, extremely compatible. And uh, Really? Yeah. You know, Sagittarians and Scorpios are terrific mates because they are extremely compatible. You know, the combination is great, full of fun, optimism, and achievements. I do think that we both highly, you know, we think we think big. I know Sagittarians think big. I think Scorpios do too, but they do it in a different. I think you know, we're more idealistic. Yeah, they, you guys, you I guys are more tactical in your approach. We go for it, like we just yeah, see it and go. Yeah, less planning. I think that you know what I mean. Um, you know, we both have positive, you know, approach toward life. You know what I mean. And if you put our hearts and minds together, that we can be um, unstoppable. Sagittarians are daring. Like I said, we're daring and outgoing. You know what I mean? And uh, sometimes Scorpio will feel somewhat wary, you know, during the first meeting, which I which I got. You know, sometimes you guys are a little timid and shy, which I call, I think Scorpios are sneaky, little, little slick pets. I don't like sneaky. You know what I mean? And I'll just step on them, you know. Um, step on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, but as a Sagittarian, I had to learn, you know, I had to be patient. You know, I had to be patient enough to wait for Scorpio to come out of the show. Because sometimes, you know, we are just more, you know, we want to get to it. And Scorpio is kind of like, you know, the tortoise. You know what I mean? Dang, what um, horoscope app are you bringing it down on for us today? I'm not using the app. Just going on intellectual insight. There's no video to prove that I'm using the app. So that's what I'm going off of. 
let the let the world know that Dane is not an astrologist. We can, please do not refer to him for any astrological. I mean, honestly, counsel. honestly, he did I, not provide you with a birth chart. He is not. All right, look, man. Certified. Honestly, yeah, I'm not certified, but look, after a couple beers and and, and a nice day at the Holiday Inn, I can tell you anything. <laughs> All right, Madam Cleo, call me now. <laughs> at least I was honest. No, but I, I mean, I've all. I will say that as a Scorpio, I have a ton of Sagittarians in my life. I can always, I will immediately, when I'm in a room, I can immediately, either if I don't just gravitate towards the Sagittarian by nature, I can point them out, Um, male or female. Males are easier to point out. Females, I usually gravitate towards. But I find that we can have pretty contentious relationships. Um, They're met with loyalty, but also contention because of the bluntness and the harshness of each of our signs. Um, but we're both pretty passionate people, so that's a cool thing. Um, I have lots of uh, Sagittarian friends and Sagittarians in my life. My dad, my future husband, and a lot of great friends. So I definitely say I get along with most of them. We have a great time together. Um, but it's a fun ride with a Sagittarian. And Scorpios are no easy feat either, but we're definitely valuable. So keep you a Scorpio. If you got right. one, keep all right. one. All right. All right. If, as a Scorpio, to the you know listeners out there, um, as a Scorpio, tell the listeners, if they're saying the same situation as us, um, what are the most difficult and challenging things um, of dealing with a Sagittarian? Hmm. Wow. I could go on. Well, I think for one, as an immature or a young Sagittarian, you all are a little um, angry, little, little hot-headed. So that usually, especially for males, comes out earlier on in life. I've noticed with my dad, and even as I've seen you kind of mature, that you find out how to temper that, which is awesome. But I see it in the women, too. You guys can be a little blunt, always loud, which for some people is, is great fun. For others, it's frustrating, depending on who you are. Capricorn, say Sagittarians. Well, they love them and they hate them. But I think mostly people just get like an overbearing energy from you. But you, but at the end of the day, most people love Sagittarians because they are so fun loving. They're so outgoing. You know, they're always ready to chat you up. They're a little talkative. I, most Sagittarians I know will kind of talk over me, um, but I'm talkative too. So um, those are those are the biggest flaws. But like I said, most people love y'all. So. Uh, to combat that, um, as a Scorpio, you know, we want our listeners to be engaged. So, you know, as a Scorpio, um, you know, if you can relate to that, you know, that's good. Um, but what I want, another thing I want to know is, as a Scorpio, what are some of the most loving, um, redeemable qualities of a Sag- dating a Sagittarian? I think Sagittarians are great unconditional lovers um from all the ones that i know and you know including like i said my dad you i have another friend um, a male friend i have a couple female friends you could do i mean it's a lot it take they can get mad quick but they they get mad unquick just as quickly um they don't hold anger too long um, they just, they kind of, they live, their emotions are right on their sleeves, Sagittarians, and they get rid of them just as quickly. So I will say there's, there's definitely a level of unconditional love with a Sagittarian, which can sometimes be frustrating because it turns into forgetful pain where like they may have hurt you and they're already over it and you're still like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, which I've experienced with, experienced with each of those individuals that I just set, stated, but it's cool though, because like I said, unconditional love. You know, you only supposed to get that from Jesus. <laughs> and when somebody, when somebody in a living flesh provides that for you, um, obviously they can't do it like Jesus can, which is all the time. But for most of the time, they they can live and let go. That's that's pretty awesome. It's great to be forgiven, or to for somebody to embrace your flaws. So. And, uh, you know, that's good. I, I, you know, sometimes as a Sagittarian, man, you know, we like to be live free 
and wild and adventurous, you know, and um, living our realm, you know, some of the most challenging things that I've encountered, you know, dating a Scorpio, man, sometimes, you know, because I don't like to be controlled. You know what I mean? I don't like, I don't like, oh, I'm not controlled now, but I don't like to feel like, you know what I mean? I'm living with restrictions, you know what I mean? Like a kid where you tell to go out front and say, stay in front of the house. You can't go past the, you know what I mean? (laughs) That's the thing. The thing is, as a Sagittarian, there's always, if somebody's telling you anything to do, you're going to feel controlled. Because you, you're all, your inclination is always to seek freedom and to seek adventure. But I think you've misplaced control when it comes to Scorpio because we're just actually super observant and super critical. We think a lot. So the reason why we're even suggesting something is because well, how does we've thought pertain? about it. How does we've that thought pertain? about it more than you ever will. How does that pertain to uh, Sagittarians' life? You see, the one good quality that I think the Sagittarians do have is um you know that they they are receptive and they can adjust real, on the fly quickly. Scorpios can, but it takes time. You know what I mean? Um, over some resolvement and talking and getting over it. But Scorpios, I mean Sagittarians, my bad. Sagittarians, I know I know I have the quality. I've seen other Sagittarians do it. We have the ability to okay, bam, snap a finger. Okay, we're good. Now this is my situation. Where sometimes it's hard for us to cope with, all right, you know, now we got to talk about it. You know what I mean? I'm over it. Let's just go to what you just alluded to was, you know, where your frustration lies, where it's like, okay, now I'm just stuck. Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? No, we don't, you know, we don't mean ill will. You know what I mean? Sometimes I just feel like we just, like I said, we just, our minds are always racing at a... Uh, 200 RPMs, man. We're redlining it. You know? And I think, I think that, I think what happens is most people probably know that, well, that's not true because if they don't know you and they don't know you're a Sagittarian, like whatever you say, it's going to hurt. Um, I think the frustration is, I know a lot of the times that they don't necessarily mean ill will, but something that we used to promote in this program that I used to, um, work with in college was intent versus impact and why you didn't intend to hurt anyone the impact is still there and i think the problem with sagittarians that i've experienced is sometimes they don't like to acknowledge that impact and it's okay that you didn't intend to but the impact is still there and i need you to rest on that and to reconcile that issue before i can get over the fact that you didn't mean to do it yeah i always felt like people like that just frustrated the fuck out of me it's like yo <laughs> I'm over it. You know, you're lucky you're, you're, lucky you're a woman. Okay. No, you're lucky you're a woman because if it was a guy, I probably would have put my fist in your teeth and knocked it back. You probably have some expensive dental work, but it's like, you know what I mean? I'm over it. Shut up. Let's move on. You're being a dick. But, you know what I mean? Some actually, of, you're the dick for not acknowledging that you hurt someone. Yeah, but if I can, you know, whatever. That's even <laughs> here and there. Um, to get off of this topic, sorry to cut short, but... Um, Something that uh, intertwines with this is, you know, like we recently spoke on early in the podcast. But yeah, we just we got engaged. Um, you know, it's a wonderful thing. It's a great feeling for me. You know, I like looking at that beautiful rock that's on her hand. Um, finger every day. I make sure she has it on every day. Um, if it's off, um, I'm asking questions, and that's still death to us part. But um, you know, um, was uh, getting married, then being introduced to marriage counseling. Now, many of you probably are are married out there or are engaged and never had that, um, you know, brought up to you guys. Um, you don't have to be engaged to be in marriage counseling. Um, I feel like if you're in a committed relationship that's real deep, you know what I mean? And um, what I learned from marriage counseling so far is you've, you've thought the six years, seven years, 10 years, it doesn't matter. Um, it really, really condenses everything. Um, questions are being asked. Um, you know, some of the most uncomfortable, unsettling questions that, you know, that you have to answer. Um, and, and, and we both have to answer together um, to get to know each other. Because I thought, you know, you think you know your partner, but you really don't. You know what I mean? And um, I feel like it's real healthy, you know. And I didn't even know, you know, it's a common practice nowadays to do calm marriage counseling. Like I said, guys out there, if you guys are listening, you don't have to be engaged or even married. You can, you can, uh, you can uh, do it as a couple if you're starting out. Yeah, um, there's at least, what, what, two to three or maybe just two. There was one couple, they're engaged now, but they had taken, this is the second time they took the class. They took it first um, and when they weren't engaged. So that goes to show a little bit of the success of the program itself. But yeah, there are at least two couples 
who are not engaged right now and are just dating. Well, I guess they're dating mm-hmm. and they're taking the marriage class, but we're taking it sort of as a prerequisite to get, you know, married. Yeah, I find it very interesting, man. Like, you know, because, you know, we really, you know, get to the nitty gritty um, of, of it all. Um, the first day we went, I felt like I was being stripped of everything. Like I was being stripped down to the core um, and then being rebuilt, um, you know, ever since week two. You know, I, I enjoy it. You know, I was kind of skeptical as far, at first because I'm a person where, you know, if it's something new, it's, you know, it's hard for me to get try something new. I mean, personally, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in my ways, you know, in a lot of ways. But, you know, this was kind of like something that I really, you know, like maybe it's because of the instructor. He's very, you know, he's real animated. Yeah, I like that. I like and that. he calls himself Get to. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. I like that. I like that. I, I, I can resonate. And he's speaking knowledge. Yeah, I can, I can get with that. I mean, she's been married thirty years or something like that. But and, I, and that's love, man. Um, you know, just to, you know, build the skills. You know, because marriages, you know, it's gonna be turbulent times. You know, now you're going to be dealing with finances, joint accounts, mortgages, you know, kids, um, stuff like that, um, planning their futures. So it's nonstop. It's everyday work. And, you know, honestly, uh, to be honest, if I think if I were to, uh, took this class, I don't think I'm going to have the um, fortitude to go through with it. Um, but I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to wake up every Saturday morning to go do the three hours and um, do what it takes to, you know, make it work. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, like I said, I'll do anything for you. I love you, but getting to know you more, getting to know how you think on a deeper level, you know, it's, it's, it's everything. Guys, honestly out there, if, if you're just dating your girl and you're satisfied with just calling her wifey with no ring, you know, man, come on, I, I, I can't respect you. Um, and, I, and I feel for that sister's pain because deep down inside, she, she is looking for that. It seems like there's, I mean, we're in this, um, we're in a millennial culture where it's this kind of like an everything goes, living your best life, YOLO mentality, which is empowering in some aspects because we've been restricted in previous generations. But Yeah, but who spearheads the millennial but what wave? Trying, but who spearheads that? But what I'm trying to say is your perspective on love and on like, you know, relationship is a little... I guess it's not it's not really an ideal in this generation and I, I wish more people I think more people in the generation want to find they want to be committed but they just have this sense of what's better what's better and they don't want to be locked down um so I just wonder you know how do people how do people come to terms with you know inadequacies or imperfections because this is a perfect culture, like, or at least a perceived as perfect culture. So how do people say, like, yeah, this person's a little rough around the edges, but I want to say yes to this person. They may have some, they may have some flaws, or they may, you know, but I still connect with this person, and I still, I can commit. You know, why, why, well, I won't say that millennial generation is the only generation that hasn't been able to commit, but... It's something about this generation where relationship and family doesn't seem to be the anchor of, you know, what we are about. How do you feel on marriage counseling so far? What are you, what are you taking away from it? Mm-hmm. I really appreciate, like, kind of what you said about them stripping you raw. I appreciate they provide that format for you because like you said, like sometimes there's just certain things that you probably, you wouldn't have really thought to talk about or you wouldn't have thought to talk about in that order, in that way, maybe casually or over time, but talking about it formally makes you treat the the topic a lot more serious, you know, to be more critical about it, to be more invested in the topic, which is important because I mean, I think us as women, we we always have a lot of these things in our minds, but I think that sometimes guys, they kind of live by the seat of their pants, and I don't want to stereotype, but I do think that sometimes it takes a little bit of format for the other half to, be, to really take the serious topic and to really give it a critical moment that it deserves, so... I value it for that, and I also value the variety of 
couples that are there and the way that the facilitator, the counselors run the meeting, you don't have a choice but to be honest, be upfront, be serious, be, you know, transparent, be all in. And that is something that's a push for me. So, but it's good. So, you know, there are, there's a lot of great things about this particular class. It's at, um, what is the class called, Dane? It's called um, Preparing for Marriage God's Way. At, we take it at Reed Temple, Glendale. We we attend Reed Temple North, but we take it at the Glendale campus. So maybe on the next season, you guys can sign up. And it's free. That's the other thing. <laughs> Not even paying for it. We just have to buy a $15 book. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for marriage. Um, uh, I feel like it's a... It's a voyage that, you know, I signed up for when I put my request into the universe, you know, that one starry night. Um, you know, I'm ready for all the perks that it comes with, even violation of certain body parts, of like feet, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Is there a session where we're supposed to be washing each other's feet, right? What was, where was that? I think I heard that. Yeah, I was really excited about that. Wait, what? I think there's a session um, later on when they talk about service because a lot of it, like earlier in the first session, a lot of what they were saying is marriage is a service. You are serving your mate. Well, you know and what? So I think there's one session where we're supposed to be washing each other's feet. Well, you know what? Well, well, you know what? I'm prepared for that because I already got a manicure tub. So, um, yeah. No, I don't get manicures, guys, if you're out there. Um, He's talking about a pedicure. He don't know the difference. Oh, uh, my, my bad. Yeah, see? <laughs> you know, you believe me now, right? I don't know shit about uh, manis, patties. But maybe you should. Huh? Maybe you should. Man, my, man, my, my, my toes and nails are naturally gifted, man. Everyone, I, I today we had a little fight. You know how you wanna you playing cute and you're wrestling with your boo, and everything's great, right? But I had a I had a mission in mind. I was trying to clip them toenails, <laughs> and I I'm not squeamish. I don't mind doing that. You know, I've been I'll clip anybody's toenails. It's really not that serious. Yeah, it might be nasty, but I don't mind. Like if it's if a pedicure is needed, it's needed. Maybe it's the service in me, but I will serve you. And I just want to I just want to give you a pedicure. This isn't the first time, so I don't know why he's being so resistant. But I just want to serve my man. <laughs> <laughs> man, that is the most uncomfortable. I don't I don't trust her with sharp objects, man. <laughs> I think I'm traumatized from, you know, um, you know, getting attacked from one of my former, uh, you know, concubines or something. No, I'm just playing. Nah. I'm one of my former. <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 I was playing. I was joking. I was joking. Um, um, one of my former. Dave's just a barbarian. He's making a whole bunch of nothing up. He's just a barbarian. He rips his toenails off like a barbarian. He doesn't care. I, and I'm going to respect it. You want to be a manly man? I don't. That's not toxic masculinity to me. That's just raw manly, manliness. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave it alone. You know, I, in the winter, I don't go to the to the salon. I just do it myself. Nobody need to see. It just needs to be, you know, kept. I think guys that get have to be pedicures are whack. Guys who get pedicures respect their feet. <laughs> I mean, to all the listeners out there, man, um, you know, you let us know um, how you feel about, you know, what do you call it? Petties? Yes. Pedicure. Pedicure? Are you pedicuring your man's feet? I know there's some guys that like to get their deputy dogs, uh, you know, taken care of at the end of the week. But man, you know what I mean? Dumb dogs uh, be barking. Look, they look. work two jobs. Man, look, he go man. from boots to shoes every day. No, nah, man, I'm. Um, you deserve a pedicure. Man, I'm thuggish, ruggish to the bone, man. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So I just ride it out, man. That's it. You know, my past life, I think I was a caveman. So, you know, ooga ooga. <laughs> Ooga, ooga. So it's been, I mean, I mean, even though the days be long and, um, you know what I mean, you know, long hours, waking up to the crack of dawn to the you know, late, uh, dark day, uh, nights, um, coming at home, you know, sometimes it's hard to give, you know, like immediate attention, you know, to, uh, to, to my girl, man. I feel bad for her sometimes. I know she wants that immediate attention, but, you know, I'm a person that I like, you know, I like, to get a wine first, you know what I mean? Get my stuff off, you know, put my stuff down, you know what I mean? You know, get comfortable. But, um, I, I, you know, I'm learning to kind of like, you know, harnessing that energy 
you know what I mean, before walking the door to kind of, you know, walk up to her, give her that nice, tight hug, that kiss, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, because she starves for, um, you know, that attention. And, you know, sometimes I lack in that department. You know, I need help, fellas. You know, if you're out there, man, just, you know, chime in, you know what I mean? You know, let me know, man, so I can, you know, get all the, you know, the insight, and especially the fellas that's been in long relationships, long marriages. Don't make it seem like it's a freaking conundrum. Yeah, I mean, it might be, you know what I mean? I don't know. Oh, you know? Lord. And, I, and I, I respect all the women that let their men beat them, you know what I mean? And, you know, be you know grateful, thankful. I could chime in, too. You know what I mean? I can put the ones and twos together, see if they add up, you know. Yeah, okay. Well... I think that... What does personal space mean to you? You know... I don't know if I have a clear definition on personal... I mean, in a public atmosphere, personal space, as my dad taught me, is three three feet back. You gotta take three feet back. But, I mean... Well, that's odd. I'm a teacher, and my sense of personal space is completely done. I used to work with um, a lot of autistic children, and they don't respect your personal space. They actually... Your dad taught you that, right? You have to teach them personal space. Your dad taught you that? What? Personal space? Yeah, he taught me three step, three feet back. Don't don't run up on my face like that. Uh, Really? (laughs) But, in a relationship... When hmm. one wants to be intimate, and, you know, a little closeness doesn't hurt anybody. You know, you know, our last session in marriage counseling, not to go backwards, was was about love languages, and there are a couple love languages. One of them um, being physical touch, and as much as Dane thinks that he um, needs personal space, which he does. If I didn't go up and get under Dane and get all close and snuggly wuggly with Dane, he would be a grump. He's already grumpy. So if I wasn't all like, oh, please. Guys, you're front in front of cameras. I'm Guys not grumpy. love to cuddle. I'm not we grumpy. love to get close and, and close and comfortable. So don't even fake I, for the cameras. Yeah, but someone's over here faking because, you know, I like to cuddle. But somebody's like, <laughs> That's because you're a living sauna. <laughs> What? Sometimes it's a little too hot to cuddle. Mm. Shit. You know, I, should make, I should live in Alaska and melt the motherfucking uh, glaciers and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why are you so quiet over there? You got a lot to say, yeah, Miss like... Love Complex. Yeah, it, you know, love is a complex. It's it's not simple. And Why so, is love a complex? Because people think love is easy, and people think um, love comes. I don't know. I think I think you have to be intentional about love. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So it's it's complex, and you have to be prepared to address it. Um. And a lot of things about life are complex, especially when it comes to love, but also intimacy and sexuality. And sometimes you get into places where, you know, you might be in a public place and you feel uncomfortable with a sexual encounter and it's harassment. But, you know, what about in a close relationship? Can you experience sexual harassment in a in a in a intimate and close and private relationship, love is complex. You love that person, but maybe in this moment they make you feel uncomfortable. What do you think? Uh, yeah, love is complex, and you know, be careful what you wish for is what I would say. You know what I mean for love. Be careful what you wish for. Make sure you're ready. You know, make sure you have the mental capacity to deal with the day-to-day um, well, learning curve you know, that love is, you know, but like I said, it's, 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 it's love is also how you, what you interpret love to be, you know, and if you get in all that of what you interpret it as to be, you know what I mean? Then I guess you'll be well off, but there's always something to learn about your partner. You know, there's things that you do that you think that is harmful that, you know, takes the partner off. 
But um, the one thing about love that I know that is something that has to be done is constant communication. Um, you know, communicate kindly with each other. If that person needs time to cool off, you give that person time to cool off um, and, you know, circle back around, you know, revisit that conversation, you know, work it out. It's things that I struggle with on and off. Um, you know, I'm a hothead by nature. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, sometimes I blow up. You know? I, but I think when it comes to <clears throat> our personal interactions and our personal quarrels and disagreements, I think we are, we kind of exist in sort of a, this oxymoron because while you want the personal space to have time to think or to cool off, similar to what we were saying about compatibility, I'm frustrated that you haven't even addressed the issue or, you know, respectfully addressed it. And so you taking your time to cool off and, and go over it, and I'm still stuck either hurt or upset. And so sometimes, you know, personal space is actually hurtful to the other party. So out of all our signs, both our signs, who is highly sensitive? Both. No, no, no. Oh, please. Sagittarians are sensitive. sensitive. They don't like to admit it, but they are. How are we sensitive? Please explain. Watch, watch, you know. No, please explain. How are we sensitive? I will say that a lot of Sagittarians, that's another reason why you get so angry. (laughs) Because you're highly sensitive. It goes hand in hand. And I think you guys have a bit of an ego about you. And so if you have a big ego, sometimes big egos can get hurt easily. I have a big ego too sometimes. I don't think I have an ego. I don't think I have an ego. I think... Jesus. Nah, I think, you know, my ego is let's do it together. I'm a team player. You know what I mean? Um, What's best for the team is what what rolls. You know what I mean? And sometimes I take a back seat because, you know, like I said, I know myself, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no point in fighting fire with fire. I'm a fire sign, you know? So, um, there's no point in that, you know, but, but like you said, you like to be over it. And like I said, sometimes the person who you've hurt hasn't had enough time to get over it. And I'm not saying it's always me or it's always you, but I'm just saying, generally speaking, when one person gets over it before the other in any disagreement, the other person always is a little bit more sour than the, the one who's over it. But that might be a lesson on learning how to let go as well. So it's not to say that it's always a bad characteristic. Because I could definitely learn from letting go a little bit more. <laughs> you know, to everybody out there, man, um, take it from me. Um, you know, if there's if there are any issue that arises, um, you know, in any situation between anybody in a committed relationship, you know, and you know, you're a hothead, you know, you lose your cool, whether it be men or women, please take the time to communicate to one another. I'm going to need five minutes. I'm going to need 10 minutes. I'm going to need 20 minutes. Or if you need a day, take a day, just, you know, make sure that, you know, the next day or whatever time you need to get over it, you know, revisit it, talk about it calmly, you know what I mean? Because sometimes, you know, when both are going at it, voices are being raised, you know, it, it doesn't help any, any, anything, you know, it gets worse. And also you create another problem. Now you resolve one problem, but then the other person's still stuck on the other problem that arose. And, you know, there's a constant battle, you know? Yeah, I will say that, at least for you, I've, I have observed that when you do have time to take a break, you do come back more... Um, even more logical, (laughs) like more level-headed, able to think through and be more empathetic sometimes. Sometimes when you're in a rage, you don't even see it my way. And then if I give you a chance, you come back and you're like, I understand now. So I think another great characteristic about Sagittarians is that they're very reflective. All of the ones that I've known are very reflective. So if you do give them space, they do come back with new insights and new understanding, which is nice. Yeah. Um, trust me, man. It goes a long way. Um, anybody that's in relationships, it's a beautiful thing. I love to see people um, sticking together, um, especially when I get to know people. And, um, you know, that's what I'm accustomed to. 
and you know something goes wrong and you know they're no longer apart it takes me time to adjust and in certain situations because i've grown to know you know those two people um so i always root for people to stay together i've you know come to a place in my life now where you know if you can want to console um, from any experiences you know everybody's experiences are different um, so I don't ever want to put my experiences to, with your experiences. Uh, you know, I never want to, I never know what actually happened or, you know, sometimes you're going to tell me information that, you know, you want me to hear and not the whole thing, which is fine. But just want to make sure that if you need somebody to talk to, man, just talk to somebody, um, you know, or be a close friend, somebody you feel comfortable with, because not everybody is uh, capable of, you know, taking information that you confide in them. You know what I mean? And and trusting that person, you know, just talk to somebody that you're comfortable talking to, that you can go to. It's good to talk about it because sometimes when I hold things in, you know, I harness it and any little thing that, you know, that ticks me off, I'm just going to explode. And, you know, it might, you know, inflict in physical violence or, um, you know, just um, bad words being said. And um, another thing I've learned, fellas, you know, don't use anything that, you know, a female has uh, told you and use it back at them in the argument, you know, that's, uh, that's going to be tough sledding. I'll tell you that. It's going to be some uh, hard back aches on the couch. You know what I mean? So um, just respect each other. Respect is key. Um, and it goes along with communication. But we must respect each other. And that's something that, you know, that I've always um, kept close to my heart. It's one of my core values, actually, is respect. Um, you know, um, I, 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 I treasure that, you know, that's, that has the highest respect more than money in my world. You know, it's respect, respect goes a long way. So, you know, we're talking about all that. Um, we're going off on tangents, rambling. It's fine. You know, I'm three beers in on this Friday night, feeling good, you know, feeling good about tackling this weekend. Um, you know, um, a lot of things have been popping up. Lately, you know, you know, even in the workplace, um, school, um, just out and about being leisure, um, you know. Um, so we want to talk about sexual harassment, and uh, you probably won't ask him why we talk about sexual harassment. But does sexual harassment exist in relationships? And if it does, how does it? trickle down into the workplace if you're getting away with it in your relationship. Now say that to say this, you know, as much as we love our women and, you know, people around us, you know, sometimes as men, you know, you know, we go too far, we push the limits a lot. You know what I mean? Whether it be touching your girl, you know what I mean, smacking her ass, doing whatever. But at the same time, you know what I mean? If you're getting away with that in a relationship, which is fine, you should. Nobody's the same thing because, you know, it's two you too. But some men, you know, sometimes are for, with certain personalities, you know, you take that to the workplace or, you know, if you have, you know, um, a relationship with somebody at work um, that you're cool with and, you know what I mean? It's never okay, you know what I mean? Because you got to respect women uh, overall. And um, that's what I want to talk about, just respecting women, you know, overall, just um, treating them all, you know, because all women need to be protected, um, feel safe, you know, feel comfortable, you know, um, around men and, and, and um, not to worry about um, anything wrong going, anything I think, wrong. I think something interesting to, you know, elevate to this conversation um, is actually the idea of if it's um, how it exists because if you're in a relationship and as a male you you know you show some sort of intimate energy towards your mate and she considers it to be sexual harassment and you feel confused maybe because you're unclear on why you know that that act could be considered sexual harassment with somebody who is your you know, somebody who you consider to be your your partner, but um, I think the I think the complex here is 
the idea of the objectification of women. So a lot of times sexual harassment feels just like objectification and with a sexual tone, um, which is disrespectful. It's disheartening. It feels like stripping. You feel unmasked and it, you know, the energy is just unwarranted and unwanted. Um, but when it comes from somebody who, when someone who you love objectifies, objectifies you, sometimes it can be endearing or it can be, it can feel special because they've chosen you as their only object. Um, which makes one then feel like a trophy, which is important. So I think what I'm trying to get at or what I'm getting towards is that maybe there is a, there's sort of a balance because when (laughs) Dane objectifies me, most of the time I find it endearing and it's cute. Um, Maybe sometimes he goes too far, but not really because I, I mean, I've never, I never really mind. But I get objectified all the time in the outside world in almost the same way, except for Dane's allowed to do it. And it's infuriating um, because it's, I think it's a little bit about possession and a little bit about the power dynamic. I know that in my relationship with Dane, there's no power dynamic. I don't, you know, I don't feel oppressed by his energy. I don't feel like it's, he's, he's um, unmasking me or undressing me or sexualizing me, even though, you know, but I've allowed him to do that because we're in, we've chosen that together versus someone on the street who does it. You don't know me from a can of paint. And I, I didn't even welcome you into that energy. So right now you're just taking advantage of my presence and I don't get to enjoy this. And I think that's the difference now, can somebody be sexually abused in a relationship and or harassed? Yes. If you feel harassed, if you don't want it, it's harassment, right? Um, but I think communication is key here. And I, and, I thought, and I think I was trying to, I think I was getting towards this earlier, but I, and then I thought that's what you were going to start talking about was how communication was important on this topic, but I don't know where you went towards. Well, I think that's, I think. Well, the beer played a part in the uh, world. Yeah, yeah, you need to slow down. Papito. And, uh, <laughs> that's it? <laughs> Papi at the, uh, at the bodega need to slow down. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, in a relationship, it's all about communication. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, intimacy and sexual relationship. You want to be clear on what each one is comfortable with. <clears throat> You know, I tried to, um, I, I, they were sending out like free promos or like, do you want to be in the audience of her new HBO special? And I signed up, but I didn't win. They said they would email you back if you got the tickets. And I never got the email back. <laughs> but shout out to her because she killed it. But um, boo to you for interrupting my monologue. Your rudeness. That was on accident, man. You gotta learn how to play along, but you're doing a great job on your debut. You know what I mean? And um, you know, I'm happy to have produced you. Um, unmasked. What does that mean? I wanted to um, talk about that show that we started watching. I saw a preview for that show, and I was just what like, show? What show was this? The Unmasked Singer. And I was just like, oh, this is. Like, I only when knew. I saw the preview. I was like, this is. Oh crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I only know. I only watched like, one episode. Hush! But then hush. I realized. The blood blood. I just chimed in because I was like, this is so absurd. I have to like watch it at least once. And when I tell you, it kind of hooks you um, because now you like the desire is so strong to want to know who the singer is. And, you know, like I said, I'm a teacher and I my first year of teaching, I taught kindergarten. Thank God I don't teach that anymore. Um, but one great thing that we learned in teaching in kindergarten is the element of surprise and like 
when I tell you I put so many things, so many boring things behind my back so they would pay attention, and then I come back, and here you go, it's a little whatever it is. But the element of surprise is so capturing. So this show really um, makes you want to know, you know, who's singing. And the thing is, like, they're not even, it's not like no boring karaoke. It's like they're going all in on these songs. And Dane, like, he was immediately hooked whether or not he wants to admit it, because the first singer was um, Anthony Brown. Antonio Brown. Anton- Listen, whatever. Boycott the NFL. I'm go- team go cap. I'm with cap. Get me a jersey. But, um, yeah, so Anthony Brown was singing what? Bobby Brown? Antonio Brown, my bad. Pardon me. I, I want to respect his elite athlete, as Dane would say. Now I want to respect his professional hustle. So Antonio Brown was singing Bobby Brown. Or did you botch that? I didn't botch it. I mean, give I tried. Antonio Brown, sorry, my man. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh... Well, anyways, it was a good show. And the next, there were, I mean, everybody there's, you know, famous. There, there's a lot, there's a big rumor that Gladys Knight is one of the singers. So, you know, try me. How many episodes have you watched? I watched two episodes. I might watch one more. <laughs> really? We'll see. Yeah, there's a lot of characters. And the costumes are so elaborate. I don't even know how they're staying in those things. You don't know how they're singing in those things. I haven't watched another episode. I mean, you saw me. I liked it. I mean, I'm good. I have my uh, show regiment, you know what I mean? But if you want a good show, man, uh, sign up for YouTube, man. Check out Wayne. It's dope. Dope. No. The Marvelous Miss Maisel Amazon um, video. Excellent. It got nominated. No, I think it won an Emmy. Two Emmys. I've never heard of it. No, I guess you have. You've watched the episode, don't fake. Set in the 19... What? 30s, 40s, 50s, I think the 30s. Um, about a female comedian, Jewish comedian. Excellent show. She was alright. Excellent show. She was alright. He's sexist. She was alright. My mom calls my dad a male show for this pic sometimes. Why? <laughs> because sometimes he says sexist shit. He what? Sometimes he says sexist shit. You gotta get, gotta call him out. Just joking, man. Sometimes my mom says sexist shit, so you know. Yeah, she's awesome. She doesn't like uh, she's she is, not on board with the uh, uh, the baby boomers. No, they say problematic stuff all the time. Yeah, she's not on board with the uh, get rights. Um, Dang. I didn't mean it like that. But you say you love gay people, but you say... No, I I say I respect you. I do. I respect you. The people who know you, who you you say you love, they give you a side eye right now. It's cool, though. I don't respect that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. Be correct. I'm sorry. I apologize for Dane's consumption of beer at this time and his transparency. Just like when I was in college, the white boys were the most racist and they were drinking on that, sipping on that, whatever you want to call it, that rape juice. So here we are. The truth has come out. I don't subscribe to that kind of mentality whatsoever. Yeah, I apologize. I was just, uh, you know, anyways, um, hero. What is a hero? That was an unmasked hero. I meant to say singer. Oh, hero. Okay. Any closing sentiments? Any shout outs that you want to uh, get out? Um, I did have a couple shout outs. I don't know who's listening or who will listen. Oh, they will listen. You just got to spread the word, um, you know? I want to shout out. My girl, Laura. She says she's turning 30 next year and meet her in Italy. Be there or be square. So, got to get my money right. Okay, shout out, Laura. And I'll send Daniel the link. She can send it to you on WhatsApp. I feel like, you know, that's the... Uh, 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 don't cut off my shout outs. I got a couple more shout outs. Turn that off. I feel like... Um, Shout out to my sister, Jessica. 
the meanest, quietest Capricorn I know. She's the illest. She people call her nice, but really, <laughs> she's evil. Nah, nah, she's 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 nice, man. One of the nicest human beings that um, I've ever encountered. Very sweet. She's evil. Very she, kind. She Karen. does not like you, pretty much. She probably doesn't like you. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, like. The general you. If she meets you, she probably... Well, like she does a good her. job of just not saying anything, which I like. And she's dope in my book. Hey, shout out to Jessica, man, because I remember the trip in New Orleans, man. That was my road dog. You know, we had a great time. Oh, she's a lush. Yeah, we, had, we had a great time. <laughs> probably had a better time than I would have with, uh, you know, uh, Miss Micromanager over here. But, um, yeah, we had a dope time. Shout out to you, Philadelphia. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Shout out to Jamila, Chica. Okay. Shout out to the crew. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Loving the crew. Okay. You're loving the crew. I don't love the crew, but yeah. Because <laughs> the crew is highly shout critical. Shout out to Hanta. All right, man. You know, I want to shout out, man, my brother, man, EJ. You know what I mean? Love you very much, man. You already know that. You know, you know uh, you're like a son. You know, stay strong. You know, hang in there, bro. You know, I'm always in your corner, man, no matter what. You know, 100%. Um, you know, you know, you already know I got your back. You know, you know I'm the rider. I'm the soldier. So, um, you know, I'm going to keep checking on you. Just let me know oh, how you feeling. You better check out, man. Thank y'all for tuning in to the Love Complex. And I'm going to check y'all back at a later date. I don't know when we'll be shooting. Um, I guess that's up to Danny. I don't know. You know, she's in the mood to do anything. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no,